Welcome to another episode of the Shredder Show. Today, a huge pleasure to have Abdullah on the podcast. So today we're discussing all things bodybuilding, uh, bodybuilding in the Middle East, nutrition, mm-hmm. cultural differences, your epic gym you have, and also your own personal background. And firstly, I'm shocked that you just said you're 26. You <laughs> um, like, just said don't say that. Yeah, so I have to bring that up straight away. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for your time. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to bring up with you is in regards to something we actually spoke about just before this was in terms of the training differences between people maybe in the Middle East versus mm. say you mentioned like UK and Britain because mm-hmm. I had this conversation this morning saying that looking around the gym no one really trains that hard here that's comparatively right. whereas like when I was at home people would be like killing themselves and be like blood everywhere almost that's right. that's right, yeah. um, is that something you've seen a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah just going back to the time I started training the way you guys train in the UK uh, when it was corona time COVID I, re- I barely had any equipment in my house so I was like, if I don't have that much equipment, I have to just control any other variable, and it's just the load on the bar. So then I started doing that high intensity thing, and then Durian came and passed by my my that career that time of my career, and then slowly I I knew JP, and then slowly I was like, wait, are they all training the same way, or what, what's going on? Like each and every UK guy trains this way. I I cannot find the high volume guy from UK and I love the way they train it just just give me that dopamine you know so then slowly I started implementing in my workout and I, I grew a lot from it I'm not saying that this is the only way to grow but it just, just suited me really well and what triggered you to move to that type of training yeah, probably probably Durian the, the way Durian trains the the high intensity being in your own zone uh, it's just I just love that kind of training you know it's like everyone, everyone says like training is like a glove you know if it suits you it suits you like if we look back to Kevin Leveroni the way they trained okay it was it was fairly heavy but in a sense of like high reps which to me going any, any, anywhere around 8 to 10 reps I, I just feel bored yeah, I, I I need to feel my head bursting to feel that I, I did a set, you know. <laughs> Do you also like the element of a bit of a danger? Like, this could go really wrong. Yes, yes. And, and, and like, I'm a Muslim, so we have this uh, prayers we say. So before I go to this set, maybe when I even take my videos, you can't tell if I'm saying it, but looking down, I say the, these prayers one, two, three times. I'm like, okay, let's go. Because <laughs> I know there's something going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things There's no risk, no reward. And particularly if you're doing that yeah. type of training, you have to push the envelope and even like, Definitely. Do, do you log your lifts in terms of what you know? Never, doing? never. Okay. Yeah. You just memorize it. Uh, no, no. I, I used to do this, but then being more in bodybuilding just tells you to be... Instinctive? Just, yeah, don't be that restrictive. Yeah, just keep everything as a guideline. For me, it's like, okay, I trained hard. That's it. Regardless, like sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're stressed out, but compared to like doing very hard work in a stress day compared to doing very hard work in non-stress days it's kind of different as long as i reach that threshold of like okay i did well today taking into consideration consideration all the other factors i'm fine with that yeah why do you think the middle eastern training style respectfully is more high volume like pump work type of training what what, what brought that sort of phenomenon in I, I really don't know what brought that probably one of the idols who trained that way is the one who brought it but for me it's like even when I work out with them they always repeat the same sentence hey man I'm not feeling I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sweating like it's like sweat is always related to training like back to back back to back doing so a lot of drop sets and uh, supersets and stuff uh, it becomes kind of crossfit type of training which I don't like but uh, I think that's why but to me, like I'm, I'm coming from the new generation, 26 years old. Uh, I can tell that the guys under me, the young generation, are kind of following the track that I'm doing of like high. So we're bringing bodybuilding back again, hopefully. 
I would have thought the fact that it's like 45 degrees and they're still doing progressive overlay, they're probably pretty hot. Yeah. Sweating still. So that's <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And that, that, that's something I noticed coming here. It took a long time for me to balance out in yeah. terms of like electrolytes and salts to get used to the heat. Yeah. Um, and we were talking obviously before about the difference of obviously uh, like places like Las Vegas. And you mentioned originally your background, you got into bodybuilding from when you were in Arizona? Arizona, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been in Arizona since 2015. I stayed there for around five years. Like I, I, I went there for, for, for one job, which is getting my degree in electrical engineering I had zero interest in that I came back with a degree but I'm a C, C student but it was mainly bodybuilding like knowing more about bodybuilding in terms of the academic side and then same time applying on myself and I started men's physique which, which is something I really don't like mentioning <laughs> but, <laughs> but I started and then slowly I emerged into classic now it's, it's just pure bodybuilding like the way it is did you train men's uh, legs when you do men's physique? That's the issue, no. I didn't train <laughs> men's. I mean, I didn't train uh, legs at all. And, and I, can, I can regret this right now because when I see my physique coming into com close to an show, I'm like, oh, shit. If I trained legs before, it's, it would have been a more uh, symmetrical physique. But um, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. It takes time. Yeah. And I've seen some of your training that you do now. You do a full body split, right? I do a full body split, yeah. And you want to talk about a little bit how that yeah, looks? It's, it's just that, yeah, people are talking a lot about these stuff, splits, like push pull legs, full body, whatever. To me, it's just do whatever makes you feel better. Like In the end, what are we trying to find in bodybuilding? It's adherence. I'm trying to do something that will keep me doing it for the next... 30 years so if, if I enjoy full body I'm just going to do full body and going back to Durian he used to do full body back in the days as he, as he first started and then he slowly progressed into upper lower and then slowly into the pro, pro split but um, to me I, I'll just do whatever I feel doing you know because entering the gym is that fun time for me I don't want to be up, like oh let me find what's the most optimal thing like I used to do this it's not sustainable to, to me and to general population. I can say to even pro, pro level athletes, like let's do something fun. I'm, I'm here to enjoy it. I've been stressed all day from work and business. Let, let me enjoy it and just lift heavy. So do you not have set uh, exercises you do in your workouts or you just turn up and go, oh, what am I gonna do yeah. today? I used to have extra sheet. I, I mean, I still do have an extra sheet. I didn't open it since a year now. Yeah, just go to the gym, plan it while driving there. Okay, I'm going to do a pendulum today. I'm going to do a stiff leg deadlift and then, I don't know, leg extensions, any push movement that I feel like doing and then pull movement, that's it. I barely do any isolation workouts like biceps, triceps, shoulders. I mean, they, they, they're fine with me. They're already very well developed. But in general, there is no that fun factor in doing, you know, biceps and triceps. Uh, arms training sucks. Yeah, arms, yeah. arms are so small, it's because I just don't like training. <laughs> yeah, there's no fun out of it. So it's it's that fun thing. I, I want to do, I have this emotional attachment to training. Like, I want to do something I like. That's life. I wanna, in life, I want to do anything that I enjoy. Like, I don't want to do something I have to do because it's more optimal now. Do you think a lot of people are doing bodybuilding even though they don't enjoy it? That's, that's the main reason why people stop. Yeah, because they're forcing themselves. It's like they want to reach that end goal and then and then, and then then what? Okay, I reached, I became ripped, I got bigger, stronger, and then what? Nothing will keep you going unless you like it. So if you like it, then you like it. And I think you would agree with this, that the end goal just keeps on moving. You get, like, when you probably, this is what I find, you get 90% towards a goal. Yeah. By the time you're nearly there, you've set your eyes on something else. That's true, like, that's true. That ultimately can lead you to being very unfulfilled, which is why, as we said at the start of this, is like, mm. uh, I'm going to compete probably one more time next year and then I'm done. Mm. But like, I just enjoy the process of training and dieting Definitely, and yeah. like the day to day, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, I, I, definitely, I agree with you. The more, as I said, the more I come into bodybuilding, the more I become mature in it. So by the time I feel like, 
Okay, competing isn't my main purpose as much as you said, just enjoying the the, the process. And then by time growing up, you see more priorities in life. Even if you see top tier bodybuilders, like suddenly they're like, they're there, they have potential and everything. Suddenly he's like, he's into something else. And I'm like, why did he do that? And then you find out, oh, it's business. Oh, it's family. Like Flex Lewis. Like Flex Lewis suddenly was like, I'm prepping for open pro, uh, open bodybuilding Olympia. And suddenly he got his first baby. He instantly changed his mind. Like, I'm done. Same thing happened to Ben Pekulski. I think he did yeah, one exactly, shot through the yeah. child and he's like, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, those guys had a lot of potential. Like me, I'm nowhere near their potential. But it's just using your mind and just prioritizing different things in life. And I think that's where a lot of people sometimes, they need to not, BS to themselves that like this yeah. you're not going to go and win the Olympia like you have to be realistic to sort of like your <laughs> genetics and instruction being realistic thank you yeah that's the thing that taking people into like a, 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 a lot of off tracks like uh, even if you tell them they uh, hey man why 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 you demotivate me I'm not demotivating you I'm just being realistic yeah if, uh, like hey man I want to I want to jump on gear and look like those guys I'm like but but why because your genetics aren't there oh what, why do you mean what do you mean my genetics aren't there I'm like that's the truth you know yeah it won't take you anywhere like if you see the top tier old school golden era athletes in their 19 uh, year of 90s. age they, like Arnold at 19 was crazy Serge yeah. uh, at 19 was crazy without even doping you know so that tells you okay those guys will go somewhere with taking into consideration the real bodybuilding process of being big yeah but in general if you look decent then just enjoy it one of the you mentioned there is obviously doping in terms of PEDs in bodybuilding mm. that's the other thing I'd say I'd seen since coming here is there seems to be um, a lot of pushing in terms of the numbers with that more here Crazy, do yeah. you think that's for any reason or it's just a, no. people associate with almost the same as training right they assume doing more sets and more reps is going to make them bigger that taking more drugs is the key to getting them bigger yeah, the more the better uh, that's what they're saying but I feel like in, in bodybuilding we come in different eras so back in the 90s it was more of that oral era and getting that uh, appetite suppression from stuff like anadrol and stuff minestrol uh, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can tell from when Lee Priest talks and Arnold talks like winnie 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 they used to lose a lot of orals and then going to the 2000 the Dennis James era Ronnie Coleman these guys were, were abusing and then people were like okay I need to get this big and in order to get this big I'm gonna abuse and the numbers were like crazy high you're talking about three four five grams and at that time Oxygen Gym Kuwait was the one of the gyms that popped out really hard and then they were the symbol of of the of uh, the Middle Eastern gym, you know, so everyone was looking at them. Whatever oxygen do, we're gonna do, and they were kind of one of the people who who used anabolics really hard, and they got really good results. But I mean, they didn't look at the risk reward ratio. Uh, but then it was that era, and now I feel like we're entering a new era of the John Jewett, Luke, Callum, Victor, Prodrick, the era of like the safer use of anabolics and, and the longevity use. And, and we're still getting amazing results though. I feel like this is the best era we're right now. I think it's because people become a lot more aware about it rather mm. than, it's like law of diminishing returns with a lot of things, right? It's mm. if you do, if two sets, sets work, doesn't mean that 10 sets are going to be better Definitely. because like there comes a drop-off point. And I think that's where, same thing with food, right? So I'm trying to get bigger at the moment. Everything alive, like yeah. I'm hitting a point now where it's like, like eating more is not food, it's not going to help because I want to eat food. So it's like, yeah. you can't push your body too hard because yeah. it'll start to push back. Mm -hmm. That's true, that's true. Um, have you found that with your own crills, you put on like a lot of size fairly quickly for your age. Have you found anything where you've struggled in terms of progressing your physique? Um, the way my body responded, I, I've been training bodybuilding for four years now. So the way my body progressed the moment I started applying 
the uh, kind of some basic of knowledge, calories, macros, and the basic of knowledge of training, just reaching beside failure, and then the basic of uh, anabolics and stuff, I felt like my body like exploded. Taking into account, I said the full body. That time, like my body exploded. And then I kept getting bigger. Uh, my blood tests and health markers are all on point. It's just that that one time I felt like everything is just keeps changing, changing. But then, as you said, I've never I'm never fulfilled, and I always see that I still lack in my legs. I still lack in like a bit of chest. And but but uh, people who know me have saw me in that journey. Like, hey man, you you grew a lot in that two or three years. How much weight did you put on? I started bodybuilding at 58. Now I'm one one twelve. Fuck me, that's. Yeah. Nearly doubled. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do any sports before that? Yeah, I was a soccer player in the national team. Yeah. In the national team. I believe any okay. bodybuilder has a sport background. Yeah. Mostly, mostly. Most like bodybuilders have a sport background. And then uh yeah, I'm one one twelve right now, like peak off season. I started prepping yesterday and then we see how it goes. When have you got a show planned? We see if it's a show, it's a show, if it's something else, but probably I'm just downsizing to a very good body fat percentage. Even uh uh, maybe, maybe I'll compete, maybe not, but probably it's a heavyweight uh, bodybuilding class. With your own, obviously you coach a lot of clients now as well, mm. where do you feel you've uh, gathered the most of your knowledge and experience from? Is that with working with other coaches, people like Callum, or? It's it's both, it's both. Uh, it's working with other coaches like Callum and coaching people who are into bodybuilding, like enhanced athletes. Coaching naturals is, isn't fun to be honest it's like it's one plus one equals two like just keep him on deficit he's he's never gonna adapt he's never gonna get into that survival mode no like issues with thyroidism and stuff like this unlike enhanced athletes like that's a superhuman you're dealing with you have a new aspect just dealing with something with pharmacology you know there is where i gained a lot of experience and a lot of it was was not based on scientific evidence and stuff like science says something enhanced athlete just says completely different thing you know so then i started okay now i'm getting experience and knowledge all together now i feel like i'm building myself again now i feel like why does hani rambot sometimes says stuff that is not approved by science Doesn't make sense, yeah. yeah okay now i understand why because he's been dealing with a lot of people and they're uniquely built different and they're enhanced okay now it makes it yeah. And it's that, uh, I think there's that, that anecdotal evidence of anecdotal when you've seen evidence, yeah. XYZ persons happened and you get the same scenario again, you're like, ah, I should Definitely. do this. And even going back to science based uh, studies, uh, those are also uh, troubleshooting. It was trial and error. Like they got people, they tested something on it. It's the same thing we are doing, you know. We are even case studying people and doing this. Oh, it showed on three, four people. Let me do on the fifth one. It keeps happening, you know. Interesting question for you. Obviously, you mentioned uh, your background in terms of electrical engineering and what you currently do. Yeah. Do you find the engineering knowledge you have helps you in terms of like training application? I have zero knowledge in electrical engineering. <laughs> I know nothing about electrical engineering. I I really don't know any, anything. Like my work is one plus one equal two. It's nothing yeah. to do with engineering. But yeah, I just went there because they said, hey, if you become an engineer, you get paid well in Dubai. So that's what I'm doing right now. Do you not find the engineering background helps with training or nah. no, nothing at all? I that? feel like bodybuilding helped me everything in life. Like, yeah, everything I do in bodybuilding, discipline, uh, time management, uh, pushing to failure, uh, patience, that's helping me in everything in other in my life. This is one of the interesting things. Now, you have multiple, how many businesses do you have? Currently, I have uh, Grab and Go, which is an electronic store. And then the ship, shipping, shipment company around. It's, it's a shipping company for my uh, restaurant and then for other restaurants too. My restaurant is, if it fits your macros, 
it's uh, not the ideal restaurant for bodybuilders. It's more for basic people who just want to count their calories. And then I have the dungeon power building gym and then the online coaching. Okay. So with that, I think you'll agree with me. One of the big, the biggest gifts that bodybuilding has given me is the ability, like you said, in terms of being super structured, yes. working really hard, yeah. learning that things pay off after a period of time and that compounding effect of like, Definitely. if I get a little bit better every day yes. in six, 12 months, fuck me, like you're really far ahead. Yeah. Whereas I think, I see like people come into business and they expect day one they're going to be like Elon Musk and like yeah. dude it, it takes a while like yeah. you have to have skin in the game for a period of time Definitely. to get to that point rather 100%, 100%. than 100% and you must see it with people coming into the gym where people look at say someone's chapter 12 and they're at chapter 1 they're like why the fuck am I not there yet <laughs> I can agree definitely yeah that's why I'm saying bodybuilding helps me a lot I don't know why people just look at bodybuilding as a like they, they, they down look on bodybuilding as a sport of just drugs no body, if I see someone if I see a bodybuilder I see like this is a disciplined guy this is a guy who really works really hard and, uh, and does the job so if I put this guy in any other field and makes him make him interested in that field he'll do great I'm sure so this is where I think people are wrong. People think bodybuilding is a physical sport. Yes. It's a mental sport. It is. It is definitely. Because it's yeah. your ability to apply yourself, consistency, discipline, mm. be dedicated. Because yeah. there's not really any switching off from it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's right. And that's I think right. that's what's unique compared to anything else. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like any other sport. Let's like say when you played football, like mm. other than your training, that's when you're playing. That was pure physical work. Yeah. You, you didn't have to do anything else really. You could just like, you don't have to worry about your food to the exact gram or stress Never. about anything. Yeah. Never, yeah, and not, and even football and other sports, even taking it to extreme, okay, it's still unhealthy, but not as unhealthy as bodybuilding. So bodybuilding, we're even taking risk. Business, we take a lot of risk. In life, we take a lot of risk. So, so growing that skill in yourself, like I'm gonna take risk in everything. That's also learned by bodybuilding and risk tolerance. Yeah, exactly, and risk tolerance. Yeah, with um, bodybuilding and the fitness scene in Dubai, that seems to have exploded a lot over the last few years. What do you feel is driving that? Now, obviously, you just, obviously, the local population is slightly smaller. Yeah. Do you think they're pushing it as well as the like expats coming into Dubai? Uh, it depends on the on the audience we're talking about, but in general, if we talk about it worldwide, is Dubai growing in terms of bodybuilding? Yeah, it is definitely. Like you guys coming here and and uh, expanding your business and doing your thing, and, and Dubai is a very good hub for anything. To be honest, it's not just bodybuilding. So. When COVID happened, like Dubai were the first, one of the first cities that opened everything. And then a lot of people came and stayed here for good. And then I felt like this was a changing point for Dubai in terms of bodybuilding. Like people came to Binos and all the gyms were open. Other places were like, the country was closed, you know. So then this uh, big, big change happened. And uh, it's it's growing really, it's growing really, really well. And we're getting a big, big celebrities coming to Binos every other day. And some of them going back, some of them staying for good. Like, I feel like even Dubai, it's not just, it's growing a lot. It's a sign that we can host Olympia or like Arnold Classic one day. But I, 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 it's a matter of time. Until matter of time, yeah. Like the, the growth is happening. Yeah. And this, I, I think we will reach that point one day because accessibility to Dubai is super easy. The, the Living here, it's, it's a stereotype, it's expensive. No, it's like any other country. And uh, some places like Iran and these people who really can't go to the U.S. Like Dubai is in the middle of the con- of the world, you know, and everything is, you can find everything. So, also, yeah. if you look, current Miss Olympia, Hadi Pan's Iranian. Is exactly, yeah, yeah. Not like Hadi. Hadi is blessed to go to the U.S. We have like six other qualified Iranian athletes. Couldn't go, could they? Couldn't make it. Make it, yeah. And that's why I think it logically at some point that will come because I think yeah. the Middle East has so much pulling power 
well, within the body, but even look, Rami as well from Egypt. Yes. So yes. Like, look at the last two. Yes, 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 yes. And in the Middle East, the way they praise their bodybuilders mm. is way different than the US. Like, if other than Chris, Chris Bumstead is the only one who's I think is really like exactly other than that because the young generation. But yeah. if let's let's say let's say me and you, we know Dennis Wolf. Mm. If Dennis Wolf walks around, no one knows who he is. No. If Rami walks around, he's gonna be stopped. Like I remember going to Rami. In a, he was living here in Dubai. I wanted to give him some cookies. So I was like, hey, I'm in the reception. He's like, I can't come down. I understand. So I went up to his apartment. Like he, he, When he comes here, like everyone wants to take photo with him. He's a, he's a very well-known celebrity. Back at uh, back in Egypt, he has a full street or like a square named by Big Rami. So they really appreciate bodybuilding. That's why I'm saying uh, it's not only in the US, but if you come to the other side of the world, here people are not only loving bodybuilding they're crazy fanatical yeah yeah they're on another level like you see Hadi when he goes yeah, back yeah. home yeah I think there's statues of him there I think <laughs> like, see that's what I'm talking about do you think there'll ever be a Olympia champion from the UAE uh, very hard I can tell yeah UAE is a small country um, UAE champion now that's 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 another thing why there is they won't be a UAE champion I guess unless like a miracle happens because here the um, vision of the um, of the government, it's not bodybuilding. It's other sports that, bodybuilding, as I said, it's looked down upon, you know? It's like uh, those physical guys, meatheads and stuff that use anabolics and everything. So they will never support that kind of sport, which to me is completely fine. That, that's, that, that's their will and they, they, are the, they, have, they have the authority to do whatever they want. But other sports, maybe we can have a, someone, a superstar, but, but not bodybuilding. What do you think is the uh, prime sport they're pushing here? They're pushing really hard on football, but we're not getting any results for no reason. Like, I'm, I don't know the exact number, that's a disclaimer, but for the past 10 years, I'm talking about over 20 billion is spent on, on football, yes. And we get zero result. <laughs> Sometimes you have to say the truth. That's what I'm saying, like, yeah. we can, you can give that a bit of money to other sports, like even if I have a superstar in the UAE in chess, at least we have a superstar. Like, we don't have to focus on one thing that we're not getting any return from. Yeah, so that, that analogy of putting all your eggs in one basket, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but if they don't want to put in bodybuilding, I'm completely fine with that. But there are other sports. There we have other people who are like, they're superstars in, the, in their field. Like we have this one girl called Shahad, and in, in CrossFit, she, I think she's the only Marathi who can is qualified to CrossFit Games. Like that's a big thing. It's like Olympia, you know. But the support isn't as much as a third-tier football player. You know what I'm saying? And then we have people in calisthenics that are like amazing. Like, let's support these guys. We have people in, let's say, other sports like powerlifting. They're amazing. They make, if you see their like uh, CV, that's a lot of accomplishment in Asia and the worldwide. I mean, let's support these guys more than football. That, that, that's my opinion. It doesn't have to work, but just saying. From an interesting thing I said, noticed coming here as well, so obviously as a Western, is that when I see the locals, there seems to be two types. One, people who are really good shape and into health and fitness, and the other one who, who isn't, and they tend to be slightly overweight, or you can tell they tend to be eating, like drink a lot of sugary drinks yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you think that's something that they're trying to work on changing as the generations change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 and that's one thing that, because Dubai is so open, we're getting that new knowledge easier than other countries in the in the in the in the Gulf. So. Um, that that new philosophy of thermodynamic laws of calories and calories out, making people life sustainable, that's coming slowly to the UAE. And now I can see people like 
I can see a lot of change and in that term and the general population people are getting leaner and better and healthier because of that because of knowledge because of social media and stuff things are just getting better which alhamdulillah it's good knowledge drives results though, yes right? definitely yeah um talking about your gym so dungeon bodybuilding gym mm-hmm. you said originally just for you yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it was me training in COVID in my small fifty square meter. Uh, I used to call it the dungeon. I used to get my friends, like close friends, say, hey, you want to come train at my house? It's a very small place. And then by time, my friend was like, hey, bro, why not make a big gym? I'm like, no, the capital is too big. I have to spend a lot. I have to. I'm fine. I'm I'm enjoying this. And he's like, trust me, you'll do good. Because I used to hear numbers like three million, four million to make a gym. Like what? That, that's too much on me for two. I was it was about twenty four years old. So. Um, then by time I was like, okay, let me make up my mind, find a warehouse and do something for us. I'll make them pay, but it's just for us, like my clients and just a private thing. And then the moment we opened, uh, uh, the people around me, they're like, they were not as much. I was like, you're not even covering the revenue. I was like, okay, let's just make it public. When I made it public, then things slowly started getting better. And then, and then I had, actually I have two licenses in my gym. It's a physical academy. Uh, gym like gymnastic and it's a uh, academic uh, facility so from that academic facility I started doing the seminars and then started getting the webinars and the and the workshops and stuff that drove a lot of attention to the dungeon too so it's, it's not it's not like a, any other typical gym you know it's like I'm trying to uh, translate whatever I believe into that gym and in terms of business dungeon isn't like do, having a gym is not a good business to be honest yeah <laughs> Unless you're doing money laundry. <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> well, that's, that's something I see. When we talk about UK gyms, I see that a lot. And it's like, I'll be careful what I say. You, you know that they, like I see places, like you know in business, right? When you run your business, like, this isn't profitable. Like, how is this? How have you got all this brand new equipment? Like, well, like there's like barely anyone here or any. And yes, you're like, yeah. But if you own your own gym, it's quite easy to be like, oh, we had 200 day passes today. Like, yeah, yeah. no one's really going to track that. That's and I think, it's funny because when you're growing up I th- and you're into fitness, one of the things like, oh, I always want to have my own gym. That's probably the least thing I would probably want in terms yeah. of like a headache from experience from friends who have gyms are like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Unless you're like a multi You don't give a shit about money, right? Yes, yeah. It's going to be something profitable by like the next 10 years. Maybe, yeah. And it's a lot of headache unless you have a good team to manage everything for you. But, but it's another bonus point of having a gym. It's like your HQ, you know. You want to do meetings, it's there. You want to do seminars, it's there. You want to do podcasts, it's there. It's like my home, you know. And even people come to my gym, my friends, everyone. They just chill around. Like they don't even train. They get five guys and sit upstairs and start eating and chatting and watching World Cup, and, you know. So it's like a, it's like a, we call it majlis in Dubai. It's like somewhere where we just sit and hang out. Do you think that, that's um, like, interesting that you mentioned hanging out, that bodybuilding and, and weight training is more popular because say like in Western culture, a lot of people end up drinking and doing things like that mm. perhaps? I, I can say it's the same thing here. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of bad habits we do also have and bodybuilding takes, uh, takes us away from all of these bad habits. Uh, it's also drinking and going, partying and stuff. Yeah, so even I was sitting with Luke, that's funny. I was sitting with Luke having Iranian food, kebab and stuff. So... Um, and then Luke said, I never drank, I think, for the last 20 years, and he never ate uh, pork. Yeah. So I'm like, you're just missing to be Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's in our religion. It's just yeah. there. But for them, like, see how bodybuilding is like, take, because we've seen how, like, the pork and, let's say, uh, the alcohol, something yeah. can be poisonous for the, for the body. So whatever he is doing in terms of bodybuilding, keeping away from some bad habits. So, 
So that's that's the that's the nice thing about bodybuilding. But some people can argue also, like you guys take stuff that's unhealthy. But it's like Victor Black says this thing, which I really like. Like uh, choose your poison. Like uh, anabolics are bad, but at the same time, uh, like it can increase like hematocrit level and stuff. But at the same time, smoking can do that too. So why do both? You know, just do one. Same thing goes to alcohol. It's very stressful in your liver, and anabolics are stressful. Like choose choose one. For me, like that's the best poison I've chosen so far. <laughs> yeah, I like anabolics. <laughs> Makes me a superhuman. And um, with your gym, in terms of we, we spoke briefly regards to your equipment earlier, what's the favorite piece of kit you've got there? Oh man, it's like saying my favorite child. <laughs> they're all, they're all. Some equipments people even don't know. I've been in a auction, like yeah, uh, Nebula Hack Squat and Nebula Leg Press, both of them after uh, even shipping the shipping was really uh, high rate and covered uh, both were for like around 90 grand 90,000 dirhams so that's expensive for two machines that are uh, for um, I don't know 30 40 years old so those are one of the two equipments I really like I have I have I wanted to expand the dungeon but for some reason the guy on the next warehouse decided to stay for one more year but I have a lot like 10 11 classic good equipments that you can find in uh, good gyms in the UK. Mostly I like, watch people in the UK that train and stuff. I see, okay, he's using Cybex classic hack squat. I, I'm sure that's a good thing because he's using it. And then I go there and I try it. I'm like, shit, I'm going to get this. And this is how I do. That's why I go to different gyms. You tell me, like, you yeah, go yeah. to different gyms. I go and try stuff. And then the moment I like something, order. But isn't it funny because I was having this conversation some of the day. It's like, you get a piece of equipment and you do one rep and you're like, oh, this is fucking great. It's good. Or you yeah, get something you like, feel it's just it. shit. Like, yeah. what is this? It just clicks with you. <laughs> um, and that's why sometimes I'm like, who the fuck designed this? Because like, you clearly never used it in your life. And I think some of the great examples that like you said, like some, we mentioned earlier, some awful equipment. I think Techno Gym is terrible. Nah, um, I like it. The Panatta stuff, like the Italian sports cars. I can see the Panatta have one good machine, which not, any, that, that's the good thing about uh, machines. Like each and every brand then you can't find a brand that has a full line of equipments perfect. No. Even Prime, which is yeah, like the new stuff Yes, most of their stuff are bad. You can find one, two, three, maximum five stuff, like I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get these. And that's what I'm doing in the dungeon. Like I'm getting the best out of each, out of each garden. So uh, Panata, they have this uh, Smith machine that is, yeah. uh, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, like the inverted one. Yes, like, like yes, that. yes, yes. Maybe I can say that's the only one. See, I don't like that. You don't like that? It feels like elbowy. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, that's even maybe. That's not like my best machine in the gym. Nah. But it's. I can say like they're the only ones who are doing it. And for me, it's like, okay, that is a fine machine. But the rest is like, to me, it's like a toy. It's like a plastic. Do you think Dubai is becoming like the fitness hub of the world now? I can tell yes. Yes. Due to many stuff. Yeah. Because I, I went to uh, Gold's Gym in California in December, and like the analogy, yeah, yeah, and the analogy of like in Western culture of uh, when you find out Santa Claus isn't real is what it felt like when I went there. I was like, "What the fuck is yeah, this? Like, yeah. this is awful." My friend was there. He said the same exact thing you're saying. I've never been so disappointed. Yes. Like, I was, it was almost like a childhood dream to go to there. Right? He even wrote like, in his caption, "Like, if not, if Arnold didn't train here, I wouldn't come here." Uh, I even lost for words for how shit it was. Yeah. I, I think, I think the management. I, I want to do, they don't even have a pendulum squat. I was like, how the fuck do you have a pendulum Whoa. squat at Gold's Gym in, in Venice Beach? It's, it's just the name. It's just the name, yeah. But there are some gyms that are not even popular. Their stuff are amazing. Mm. There's a gym in Portugal called Blackout Gym. Funny you say that in Lisbon, right? 
in Lisbon. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I know the owner, Tiago. He's a good guy. I, I was thinking about going there in August for a couple of weeks just to go and train and try something different. Crazy. It's crazy. I, uh, by the way, before opening the dungeon, I've been to two gyms that really inspired me to open the dungeon. It was Blackout. It was uh, Kings. Kings in Croydon. Yeah, in Croydon. Those two gyms, like when I went there, I was like, I have to have a gym like this. That's why the dungeon's like black. That must have been the original King's Gym. The, the, the original King's Gym, yes, yes. yes. So I've been to both. I've yeah, been to both. Yeah. This is interesting. So what um, what did you like about that? Like the high ceiling. I don't yeah. have a high ceiling, but yeah. I love the high ceiling. I love the black theme. I love the equipments there. I love that James trains there. I love James, uh, the way he trains, high intensity. Like the, the vibes were like... The music's blasting, right? Yes, yes, you know? Okay, I don't have music in my gym. Yeah. I have to say this, because I also believe in being in your own zone. Yeah, whatever I believe which is unfair to other customers, but whatever I believe, I just make it happen there. So I, I don't believe in having music in the gym because it's gonna like give me some headache and take out my focus. I wanna hear like metal plates banging around. Uh, whatever is not allowed in other gyms, I make it allowed in my gym. So you wanna take your shirt off all the time, I really don't care. Like other gyms, they will just kick you out. And we train in slippers. Like Jordan Peters, <laughs> my idol. I've seen you do that. You sell training sandals. I always. I was going to bring that out today. It's actually. the same one that I'm using here. You know, yeah. like this sandal like goes everywhere. It's like glued to your foot. Yes, it's glued to my foot. <laughs> the uh, it's interesting actually. So you, I've known the only other gyms I've ever seen. There's no music oxygen gyms. Yes, but that's due to uh, religion reasons. Okay. Yeah. Why is that due to religion? Like, because in religion, you have some uh, uh, some some scholars that say that music is. Uh, is like prohibited and stuff like this. Okay. Yeah, but for me, it's purely for uh, just focus. I, it was weird training there. I think I trained the one in Abu Dhabi a couple of times yeah. without music. But once you get used to it, it's actually better because there's no like bullshit yeah. around you. If yeah. that makes sense. It, like me getting into some gyms, I feel like it's a club. It's not a gym. Yeah. Like, boom, boom, boom. I can't focus. It's you just a. Like exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just him. Yeah, no yeah. one's there. Yeah, yeah. You can just hear the voice. So Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you guys then manage when it goes to like other gyms? Bro, uh, if I show you what, what I uh, sent Joseph Rakic, like he was talking and the speaker was here and be noise. Like you, you can never hear it. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> even if I put so many edits and try to clean it. That's very hard, huh? Yeah. Ah, that's weird. That's weird. Horrible. Yeah, yeah the, the news can end up like a nightclub a lot of time. The music's too they much. They get DJs and, and stuff. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just too much. And so even some of the, like some of the gyms in the US can get very much like that. And yeah. I don't really, like, I like music on in the gym, but then not to that extent. If you know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. And and then the end, you want to hear music. Just put your headphones on. Hear whatever you want. Yeah. Why should I like, just make it? I have a parrot in my gym. He makes noises. <laughs> you should come to. I told you, dungeon is different. We have parrots in the gym. <laughs> What's the best gym you've ever been to? Kings. Yeah, uh, Blackout. Okay. I can say Blackout is the best gym. However, there's one more gym I have to try in Austria. Das Gym, you heard about it. I've seen it and heard about Callum it. Callum trained it, in it once. Is it in Vienna? It's in Vienna, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, I've, yes. Seen, I've seen it. I'm going to do a shout out to Pure Muscle and Fitness in Toronto and Burlington. Oh, thank you. I was, that's my that, second that, on the list. That, so having trained in a lot of gyms, that would be the best gym in the world. Yeah. They have everything. Like, and five of everything wow it's huge and i've never been you've anywhere. been to revive uh no i haven't but i have that's, heard that's I, somewhere i want to go but it's much smaller but the uh pure muscle fitness is massive and probably one of the nicest things there that everyone is so welcoming i think it's just mm. a canadian thing like everyone like True. just wants to talk to you and it's just nice mm. which um i can say because i'm british respectfully british people are very standoffish mm -hmm. so if like you a lot of people would find that like 
if you weren't from the UK or from Croydon and Kingship, you turn up there like like you feel like people are looking at you. Fuck are you! Like it's it's a bit like that yeah. sort of place. Um, yeah. They don't like new people there, if that makes sense. Yeah, whereas yeah, they're very welcoming. So I yeah. say, uh, if you ever it's, go to uh, Toronto, it's, get, it's getting better in the UK. Yeah, I think it's uh, getting better. Yeah, we're becoming less British. We're becoming warmer. I think because like true. American culture filters over to the UK eventually. Yes, I can tell. It takes like I 10, can tell. Yeah, years, I've been there like ten years ago. I've been there now. Unless they're scared of me, I don't know. <laughs> you're probably that, you're 50 kilos bigger now, that's probably why, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. But Muscle Pure and Fitness Canada, I really want to go there. Dance Gym in, the, in, in Vienna, I really want to go there. And there's this gym I, ha- I have to mention, I've been to in Budapest. It's called Flex Gym. Okay. I, I don't know if you've been there. No. This gym, it's, I think, four floors, and it's just flex equipment. It's amazing. Arnold's been there, like Will Smith has been there, like big, big guys have been there. This gym is... It's crazy. It's, cra- it's it's really good. Like if you've ever been to Europe, you should pass by the uh, Flex Gym in Budapest. It's amazing. What, amazing. What's your favorite place in Europe? Do you stay here in the summer or do you leave? I, I uh, okay. This the season of coaching athletes starts twenty eighth of May up to the end of the year. Twenty eighth is Poland, and then we just keep doing back to back shows. So you go you go out to a lot. Of them. I go with every each and client because. Because I just love going. Like that, that's that's for me enjoying the process, and for me being with the client, it's it's totally different. I've been with clients online that compete. No, no, it's, being there is just different mentally. Even even when you take your uh, decisions, it's different. It's different. So so I travel with them, especially if they're like there's a potential they do something good. Like if let's say I don't have men's physique athletes, which I don't I don't compete uh, train men's physique at all. But uh, let's say I do have a men's physique that's t- doing a show somewhere. I will never go. Yeah, because that's wasting time. Because <laughs> you still like men's physique. Because I, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I like sorry. the person because, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to coach you, it's business. But in the end, I, w- I would never fly off to that place. But then we travel every other week and then we go to different places. And then before going there, I do my full research about the place. Where are the gyms? Even if it's like four hours drive, I'll still go. Yeah. What's your favorite place you've been for a show? I would say in Europe, Casino Ishtarel in uh, Lisbon. Okay. You saw you saw the show. The yeah, ha- yeah. They come un- from under. The yeah, production yeah. is amazing. The production is amazing. The worst one I would say Spain. Emiliano shows. Yeah. The lighting is production is bad, really bad, and the timing sometimes isn't on point. Respectfully, my parents live in Spain, so I feel like I said Spanish people are really unorganized. Yeah, it's just like us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say uh, that here. I, I can when I compete in the Dubai show, that was a complete disaster. That's yeah. the most unorganized thing I've ever yeah. seen in my life. To the point when I turned up a registration, I was in Italy, just like walked straight out. Which one like, was it? Dubai, cl- the Dubai Pro one, the oxygen one. Yeah, 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 that was awful. Like literally, I walked into like a warehouse and there's like 300 people there just sitting around waiting to register. There was no one had any clue what was going on, Oof. and I was like. Okay. Yeah, you know, like mm. the, the, these stuff play a huge part of the of that of the athlete and the how he looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Start, and I'm one of those people. I'm really highly strung. So as soon as that gets my back up and I get pissed off and like yeah. it yeah. doesn't help, right? No, no, no. I, 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 I completely understand. Yeah. That's why for me, when I did our second show, Peter Romania, it was so organized and well run. You're like when you see like one compared to the other, you yes. then see like night and day difference and how yeah. things should work. Yeah, plus Romania, it's not like a show that I'm gonna say like, oh, they have less people. No, they do have a mm. lot of people competing in Romania, and uh, that's why they do the Master Olympia there because the way they they're doing it is is uh, is very professional. I've been to Bucharest like four times. Maybe it's a nice city. It's not what you hear about. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was kind of 
not scared, but I was kind of having this background of Romania. You know, I felt like this. I don't know. But I went, went there. No, the people are amazing. The place is amazing. The weather is amazing. Everything about Romania is is, is really good. I, I, that's why I've been there like three, four times. But the only issue is with that show is like packed. If if you have a good athlete, he may not be well judged because of the number of athletes there. Maybe that's the only issue, but the rest, it's perfect. If you were tactically going to send an athlete somewhere to win a show, where would you send them? Finland. Okay, that's very quick. You've already planned this. I have two or three athletes competing in Finland. They are a decent athletes, which, see, decent, and they can still win a pro card. That's how that's how Scandinavia countries because it's the accessibility isn't that strong. Yeah, know? like some other countries they need a visa to go there. Some other country, see Europeans if it's in Europe they will just drive to the place and that's not even called camping. For them that's easy, but if they travel to Scandinavia now that's camping for them. So I think that's why you don't see a lot of people showing up. But Scandinavia, yeah, easy shows. Okay. Mostly. That's food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the watch today? <laughs> write that down. There's a lot. Norway, you have in Denmark, you have in Finland. Yeah. I've uh, I've been to Finland and Helsinki and I can see why people struggle to get into that culture because I remember you've you got me here now, the little scooters. Yeah. I remember going from my hotel to like 30 minutes on this little scooter. Where in, like, you the, to Tampere, or in, a, in, in Helsinki. Helsinki, too. yeah. yeah. And on like a, one of these little scooters in the snow. And it was literally like <laughs> awful. My hands are like frozen. Like, but the place is amazing. Yeah, people are really nice. It's and beautiful. The, and the, like, the services mm. and the place is like clean and new. You and know? friendly very and safe. And very friendly, yeah. Yeah, I really liked uh, Finland. I loved Finland, but it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive, yeah. Like, coming from Dubai, it's expensive compared. It is, yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception people have about Dubai from people from the West? Probably that everyone's rich. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that that's the main reason. I think they, th- they just think everything is fancy here. Uh, there's the other side of Dubai. Like I've been getting people from outside, like my friends, coming to Dubai. The moment I take them to the dungeon area, it's like you know, it's all uh, industrial. Like, yeah. Is this Dubai? I'm like, yeah, this is Dubai. And that's why I made the dungeon here, you know. But in general. I don't know. Things are just getting more clarified by time. Social media, you know, it's getting expanded. There's no so many misconceptions like before. Yeah. I think, I think so. that's one of the beauties of social media, though. It yeah. drops, like, international borders in some respects because, yeah. like, people can see each other's lives and see that the people are the same no matter their race or religion, that yeah. everyone, I mean, you're lifting weights and doing the same thing that we are, <laughs> even though we live in the US or you live in Dubai yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I think it makes the world a smaller place in a lot of yeah, respects. That's a, that's, that's a good thing about social media. That's true. I'm going to ask you one final question. Yeah, of course. Do you go what would you say is the key for anyone listening to this in terms of progressing their physique, the number one thing they should focus on? Adherence. Yeah. Let's forget about technicalities. Forget about everything. As long as you're doing a... Let's, let's say you're doing a protocol which is 30% optimal, but you're doing it for 40 years. You'll get better results than someone doing it 100% for one year. And that's also translated in, the, in reality. Like We have a lot of pro bodybuilders with some good genetics that train... I don't know. Let's say they train pec flies like this, you know, like it's not nothing near biomechanics, but they have amazing genetics because I mean, I mean, amazing results because they've been doing it for the past 30 years. So adherence, if, if do whatever makes you feel better, try to be within that uh, point of what's right, what's wrong. I don't say do the best, but be there in the middle, in the middle. Yeah. And then and then just keep doing it. And then hopefully you'll get rinse there. and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you, thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. Where should people find out more about you? Dungeon and all the other businesses yeah, you have? Yeah, my own uh, Instagram profile and then Dungeon Profile. And what, what's the other business you have? So I've actually ordered some products from them, so I'm going to yeah, give a shout-out. Yeah, it's Grab and Go, um, and it's also the Dungeon Power Building Gym, 
if it fits your macros and, and myself. All right, we'll drop all the links below the show Thank notes. You, and thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you.